Welcome back to We Want More Superman, the podcast where we discuss Alexander Wales' novel, uh, Metropolitan Man. Tonight, or today, for you guys, Monday morning, whatever, we're doing chapters 9 and 10, two of the most exciting chapters in the story, I dare say. But they're short, so I'm kind of curious. Yes. We're going to drag, we're going to, you know, find stuff to talk about, but I wonder how long this will be, because they're short, but action-packed chapters, so... Yeah, that's that's probably like I guess the action is what made it because as I was reading it, like it didn't feel. You said that last week the, that like oh these are going to be short. It didn't feel short as I was reading it. Not that it was like oh dragging on or anything, but like it felt meaty as as I was reading it. But then putting the notes together uh, for us to do the podcast this week, like there weren't, weren't a lot of notes to take. I guess it was just maybe just all super straightforward. Like I feel like we advanced a lot of plot in these two chapters, but it all it's like pretty just straightforward as far as like what happened i guess there's not a lot to interpret martha <laughs> dies it's, it's rough martha dies superman loses his shit yep. should be fun yeah. yeah i mean i think the like the cliff notes of this of these chapters are short but there's all kinds of i mean there's there's fun stuff in every one of these to enjoy like i mean we can just jump on in like so it opens with lex i can just imagine him well, I was going to say twirling his mustache, but he's clean shaven like a Ken doll from the neck up. So <laughs> he's, uh, he's bald, like, bald, bald. Right. He's, he's uh, waxing his, his chrome dome, just sitting there thinking about <laughs> like, okay, what's in that, what's in that cellar, man. And we also get finally uh, like some actual hard date on this. Superman's been around for a year at this point. Uh, and oh, so, okay. I didn't notice that. Um, yeah, he said like, you know, he had spent the last year of, of this time uh getting from, you know, Superman to Clark Kent to Smallville. And oh, yeah, because Lex didn't like fuck around as soon as he heard about Superman, then he put himself on the mission of figure out the Superman thing. I think he did the second it happened, it just took time and work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the first yeah, thing he does he, is he goes out like to the he, scene he didn't where that guy said he saw care. that car crash. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like like yeah, this opens up because we sort of like ended the last chapter like having set this up but so we like this first beginnings to this chapter is just sort of we sort of like we get inside lex's head and kind of like get to go through his almost like curiosity lust around he's like i must know he's like now that he's got kind of a target to hone in on and he knows that there's something up in the cellar of the kent household it's like oh i must know and that's kind of how we open yeah and i i'm trying to put myself in lex's shoes you know you're you're chasing down the Superman mystery and like just how surreal it is to get more or less confirmation. Like, okay, a kid with the name that I think Superman actually is grew up in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. And like, there's really not much other than like the, the anecdotes that he, that is whatever spies uncovered about like, Oh yeah, you know, random Superman style thing happened here 20 years ago or something. And then like, Oh, but wait, there's this welded shut cellar at, at his mom's house. Like, okay, this is all too fucking weird. This is keeping me up at night. Let's get in there. I wonder what it's like if you're from like either Kansas or Nebraska, like to like know that you live in the place that the rest of the world just regards as the archetype of vanilla Wonder Bread. Middle of nowhere. <laughs> I know, right? Like, <laughs> if I want to find like the most generically white American, like has, you know, the most average typical person, where would they be from? Kansas. That's where the Dorothy's Midwest. from, isn't it? Yeah, the Midwest. So, yeah, it's like the Midwestiest part of the Midwest. They don't have like an accent. They're not like Minnesota Midwest. They're not like interesting Chicago kind of Midwest. They're just 
Certainly not interesting Colorado New, uh, Midwest. Yeah. No, see, we're like Colorado. We're like trench coat cowboy, you know, high plains drifter. Like we've got a vibe to us, but like the vibe to Kansas is Dorothy. <laughs> yeah, the, the vibe is somewhere between Walker, Texas Ranger, and Cartman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Like, but we got a thing. Like we're a thing. <laughs> we got a, a couple thing things. But like, yeah, Kansas, you're just like that. The thing is that you have no thing. Yep. Like that would bother me. I imagine if I'm from Kansas, that would bother me. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure Kansas people have the thing. We just don't know about it because we never go to Kansas. We'll, we'll hear about it somewhere. All right. So we get a line break, and then we're from Floyd's point of view. And I like just the other, like you know, peek into the the levels of uh, paranoia. And I wonder how he coached Floyd to be ready to go out and do this because he did keep. Well, it's it not like there was no co- like everybody's like you know three degrees of Kevin Bacon away from Lex Luthor. So it would have been somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody that, you know, that told Floyd what to do. So yeah, he, cause he's, and he says it in, in a few ways that like, he doesn't really know what the fuck he's doing here. And he right. doesn't, when, he, when he runs into the green couple, um, he's not even really sure. Like he's not entirely certain that, that they're even on the payroll. Um, so right. Yeah, he's totally he's like, I, he couldn't tell if they're patsies with no real knowledge of what they're doing or if they're very skilled, deep cover agents. Yeah, yeah. I thought we got kind of more. We get kind of more of a view into uh, the character of Floyd because he's just like the dude's creepy. So I like how it was done because he like he squidges me out. He's like, I'm, I do not like this guy. Not even in like, oh, he's like you know hateful and you know I dislike him. He's just like, oh, this dude makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, the kind of guy that you know you, you meet at a party and you're just like, I'm gonna you know be in the other room whenever I see this <laughs> exactly. guy. Like I, after after two sentences, you're like, okay, I I, I I'm not going to be not alone. Not what you're putting you. down, <laughs> exactly. right? And I was thinking more like the training. So he gets the date at the top is written four three thirty five rather than April third nineteen thirty five, and that's the indication that it contains a coded message. And the code is like uh, you. I, I, it's, let's see. So it's there's like a variety the of six codes. Of the, yeah, and you yeah. take the last letter and yada yada. So that, that, all I'm wondering is like, when was he reading this? This. Uh, cheat sheet on all the instructions like okay cool so code number five i'll open like this and this is how you read code number five here's how you read code number six i'm wondering how he got all that i mean did yeah, he just how, yeah how he got fluid to figure out to write it i guess yeah what it made me think was like oh that would be hard to like you know write a letter to have you know all the right words that end in all the right letters it would be like the the governor arnold schwarzenegger letter that said fuck you is the first <laughs> such a great story <laughs> <laughs> right? but, i love but how he's, like, was... kept, he's kept a straight face about it like the entire time he's like oh i don't know that's an odd coincidence hmm. yeah there was uh but even that one was obvious enough where everyone saw it you know immediately so this one's you know what i imagine now that i think of the question is like they must have you know what whatever intermediary you know, recruited Floyd and it's like, all right, cool. Here's a lead lined cabin. Read these instructions till <laughs> yeah. they're all memorized and throw them in the fireplace. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I know, especially as we get to see later, I think it is this chapter where um, we get it kind of confirmed, like how much attention uh, Superman has been paying to all of this. Like now this, it wasn't oh, yeah. just sort of like wandering around, you know, stupidly, like he's, he was, you know, keeping an eye on this. As, as I was taking the notes this week, I realized like, I don't want to call him Superman when I'm like talking about him having intent and like acting like as a person, like even when he's in the Superman role, he's like, Oh, that's Clark. And like Superman's a concept and Clark is the person. So if I'm talking about what he does, it's like, Oh, this like, like, you know, he, 
so yeah, Martha dies in this chapter and, and, and Clark is freaking the fuck out and wants to kill Floyd about it. Like to me, calling it like, Oh, Superman is freaking the fuck out and wants to kill him. Doesn't sound right. It's like, Oh no, that's Clark. Like Superman's an idea. Superman's the character and Clark is the person. I think that I, I totally like that. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, Superman is, is the costume and the blur you see, you know, when a bullet, you know, gets caught in the bank or something. Right. Like Superman's the guy on, on the pictures and the, they make the statues of, and Clark is the one who, you know, eats food and has a mom yeah. and gets mad. Yeah, and, also, and like Superman's just sort of like the name that Lois like threw at him. And he's like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. And he probably right. only took it because like, oh, cause Lois made it up and, and she's dreamy. Kind of makes you <laughs> wonder like what, you know, if, if they, if she had chosen a less flattering name, like, you know, not, not something obviously stupid, but like, uh, I don't know, Wonder Man or Awesome Man. Yeah, you know, the, if, if she chosen like a name like the, you know, the, like the masculine mongoose, would he have would he have stuck with that? <laughs> I almost kind of think like like the way he's written in this story, I kind of think he would have taken like fucking anything because he's so sort of like creepily pining after Lois that you know anything she wanted to call him would have been cool with him, and he'd have run with it. Right. Yeah, that's funny. I'm just wondering if she'd you know. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave all those like, muscle man. Yeah. The <laughs> the masculine mongoose, uh, Elias Yudkowsky mentioned those short stories that he wrote. And that's masculine the one mongoose? where, what is that? Uh, so the, the premise is like, it takes place from the guy named Bruce Kent that everyone knows is secretly the masculine mongoose, this superhero. And uh, he's actually not, he's just being paid by the masculine mongoose to like, let people think he's him. So that the masculine mongoose could have a real secret identity, but then of course that puts this guy in some danger. And it's it's more just about like I mean it doesn't revolve a lot about like what it's like to juggle that life. It's just like three little short chapters of uh, um the, the like the first one up was with him like trying to get a date or he's he's with a date. He's like you know so let's pretend you know like I'm not the masculine mongoose. You know would you still want to date me? And she's like I can't imagine that because everyone knows it's true. And he's like, sure, but come on. Like, are you with me for me? Are you with me because you think I'm the superhero? It's just like that kind of funny thing. And then he gets shot and he's wearing uh, bulletproof armor. And the crowd rationalizes, like, why would he need to wear bulletproof armor? Well, of course, if he didn't want us to know he was masculine mongoose, he'd be wearing it. But that seems like a lot of work. It's just, it's uh, I know, it's about like it's once, everybody's bought once everybody's bought into a conspiracy theory, then they'll like backtrack to whatever they need in order to keep it alive. Well, of exactly. course he'd wear, he'd wear and that's exactly, because he needs to maintain that. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is, is that, you know, evidence against the conspiracy is just evidence for how strong the conspiracy is. It's madness. Yeah, not to get like too political, but what I kept hearing people like getting mad about like, oh, we just want, you know, to have the election audited. I'm like, it was audited like over and over and over again, but you don't consider it audited if they said, yeah, we looked into it and there's nothing there. Like, oh, well then it's not audited. Yeah, that was, that was, I had a, a coworker that was like that. And I'm like, yeah, you don't realize that, like, apparently he doesn't know how this works. Like it is audited. And in the words of, of Rudy Giuliani, with a non-zero number of Republican uh, watchers in the room. <laughs> um, so it's like, you can't pretend like this wasn't done without uh, supervision from like nonpartisan and bipartisan groups. Like this, this is important. Everyone, the vote counting has been important for ages and uh, and then like then, re-rechecked, like even like there's the normal amount, but then everybody's like, oh, there's something up with this. So they like looked into it some more. They're like, okay, yeah, we double, triple checked and still nothing. And like, that doesn't count. 
And on the same nights, there's there's mobs screaming outside of different buildings on different states of either uh, like count the votes or stop the count, depending on whether or not their candidate had already won. <laughs> I know, right? So it's it you can't really have it. Bo- and then of course you can't have it both ways. I guess if if you're a politician who won on the ballot, and then you go forth and be like, "See, this was obviously rigged," and it's like, "Wait, it's the same piece of paper, man." <laughs> you're telling me that the Democrats snuck in and tweaked with the top half of the paper? Go, come on, get bent. Anyway, <laughs> get bent. So let's see. We have so, yeah, oh, so we're, like so we get we kind of get to see what like what the uh, it never like outright says that like oh and now this is the you know Lex Luthor scheme in order to uh, be able to let people dig through uh, Martha's cellar, but we get to see that like okay, so Floyd goes to the store that's run by the Green Couple. And buys a, a raffle ticket that get, wins him some tickets to go see a show so he can take Martha to it. And so we get kind of see like all of the machinations that are going on in order to get Martha away from her own house for enough hours so that the other two people can dig through her cellar and find whatever's in there. Um, and so what I like about that, it too is like Floyd doesn't know about the Greens. It's safe to assume the Greens don't really know who Floyd is other than like he's also working for their mysterious employer. And so they're like, okay, well, we got a letter saying to sell him the winning raffle ticket. So we sure will. Uh, it's Yeah. It's, and it was like, and Floyd doesn't even <clears throat> like Floyd kind of puts it together that like, oh, we're stalling for time. I need her out of here. But he doesn't know the why of why he's got her out there or like, you know, why he, why he needs him out there. Like I, if I'm remembering right, he doesn't even know like when they do get back there and the greens are there. He didn't know that they would be there. He wasn't exactly surprised, but like he would like neither of them uh, were, you know, in on the plan. They were just kind of doing what they were told. Yeah. And I, I just like the, the level of like spymanship and uh, like need to know basis. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, they could have, in theory, you know, they could have been like, all right, these are your Confederates also in Smallville, but like, why would they need that information? It's like, when are they going to get together to secretly talk? So it's like, you know what? Screw that. If one of them gets captured and tortured by Superman, they can, you know, honestly say, I don't know if he, you know, I don't know what he's doing here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and also, and like, to the extent that this, this does fall apart, but the, to the extent that it does, it's not because of this like way that it was compartmentalized. It was just like shitty luck. Um, and Floyd couldn't, you know, keep his dick to himself. So, although even like, like that didn't even that was just like that didn't fuck up the plan. No, but but it, it, it distracted him on the drive. The fuck up he is. Yeah, it distracted him on the drive back. So, like, what happens is they win tickets to go see uh, some some musical in uh, what do you call it um, Wichita, and then when she's like Martha's like, oh no, there's gonna be a dust storm. We gotta head back, and he's like, all right, cool. I'll sabotage the truck. And then she distracts him by talking about like, why are you banging this minor? And yeah. then he gets distracted by that enough to where he gets too close to the barn. So, but that's jumping oh, ahead. That's right. Yeah. So, as, so he's distracted and he, cause he should have had mechanical problems while he was still too far away from Martha to decide to walk. Yeah. But okay. All right. I, yeah. I can see that. I like this too. It's, it's the, so the way the section ends up, cause it's, you know, maybe a little too early for foreshadowing, but it does kind of show the kind of person that Floyd is and why he wouldn't like how, how this might not just have been like him just fucking up. But it says that uh, when he had additionally arranged for the job, he'd been told that the term of employment was indefinite, but he hadn't really thought that it would be so long, especially with the amount that was being put into his account on a daily basis. 
Sitting in the woods with a rifle trained on a cabin for three days was easy for Floyd. This required a different kind of patience that he wasn't sure he had. And so, like, he's just, he's not the kind of guy who can, you know, move in and pretend. I mean, he's, he's, he's dead shot, right? He's like, no, yeah. I'm good. I want to be out he's killing people. Stuff. He's not, yeah, he's not, he's not good at the like human manipulation stuff. Cause yeah, cause what fucks him up is like, cause the whole plan that he had going on was that they were going to be at the show. It's going to, you know, take a long time. But then Martha hears like, oh, a storm's coming in. So we better get back. And he's not able to kind of talk her out of it. Um, so they're heading back. And yeah, I guess now that you point that out, like her, um, I think with, you know, without any intent on her part, but she's like, oh, hey, why are you fucking this kid? he's like, oh, no, like that distracts him enough that he's not able. So it still occurs to him like, okay, I can't get back there this quickly. I need to stall. And so he pretends like they're having uh, mechanical problems with the car. But I guess, yeah, he he gets too close to the homestead. Um, and so Martha decides, at least she's like, okay, I'll just walk from here. Um, and so he kind of panics. He just kind of like, you know, walks behind her and pistol whips her into the only works in movies thing of like, you can just, you know, push people's off button by hitting them on the back of the head. Exactly. It only works in movies and it doesn't work here. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's but true. I, it's like the real thing. I was like, uh, yeah, if you hit them hard enough to knock them unconscious, you fucking kill them. Right. Dead yeah, is the, unconscious too. I mean, the, Right. Yeah, the like the ideal person for this kind of infiltration would be somebody who could like just become the boring farmhand and just write the letters, right? And this guy, he's just that's not his style, and it, it kind of just becomes more and more apparent that like, oh yeah, he's not you know the perfect agent for this, and that's why things go south. Yeah, although and, like at the point that it like got fucked up, that okay, like Martha has said, we have to head back. So he fucked up by killing her, but like the other, I guess the bet. If he had done it right, it would have been have that mechanical problem, you know, three miles sooner. Right. Um, so that she wouldn't have said, okay, let me walk back. So that would have been the thing. But, but it was kind of like, and I get like for me, it like sort of pointed out like as far as like all of these like careful planning and paranoia and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, reality gets a vote in all of this and entropy happens and shit gets fucked up. And, um, so yeah, Floyd needed to have dealt with this better, but it was like he's like Lex has tried to, you know, put all these, you know, plates spinning to get everything to work just out how he wants, but like shit will get fucked up. And that's what happened here. Yeah. And and when I put myself in Floyd's head, I imagined that like his decision to, you know, not punch Martha in the back of the head, not to, uh, what it's, is it strangulation when you cut off blood flow to the head, to the brain? And it's, it's, uh, like choking or asphyxiation when they can't breathe. Right. Uh, yeah. Asphyxiation. Well, but the, the other one where like, it's, like strength, I think a strangulation where I guess, like well, that's, I guess that's how people get knocked out in like uh you know like choker holds. It's not that they can't breathe; it's that you're literally cutting off supply of yeah. blood to the brain. Anyway, so he could have taken her out silently, but I imagine he just fucking hates Martha and wanted to smack her. Yeah. Like I guess I, 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 I sort of got the impression like he was trying to keep it like oh she wouldn't know what had happened. Like if he had you know gone and put her into like a chokehold, she would have been like, what the fuck is Floyd doing? And she would remember that, but he just sneaks up behind her and whacks her on the head. She theoretically wouldn't know what happened. Yeah. Like, that was kind yeah. of my impression of what he thought he was doing. Like right. that was still like, he was still maintaining cover if he snuck behind her and knocked her out. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, you know, he could be like, Oh, it was the weirdest thing. Bald Eagle flew by and dropped a brick and it hit you in the head. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Right? Prove I, I did know, it. Martha, yeah. you know, you're, you're getting old. I think, you know, you must've just, you know, had a spell. <laughs> yeah, you fell and that hit the back old, of your head. Yeah, had a spell. That's the kind of thing that happens to old women in Kansas. They have spells. That's right. Dizzy spells. 
Oh yeah. So that, but before all that happens, we cut back to uh, Lois is like on a cruise ship, just I guess enjoying a day off or whatever at the encouragement of Lex, who bought her a ticket, and then also at the encouragement of Lex, he the ship catches on fire, and <laughs> I love that. And like, Lex encouraged the plan was except of course, yeah, you know, but the in, and she she doesn't know that Lex set this fire, right? Um, yeah, but we we can safely guess because his plan was to. Well, I guess she doesn't know that Lex is like super conniving. She just, I guess, she does buy Lex's story of who Lex is. Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah. Um, if she if she figured out, she didn't figure it out to us yet. Um, but she was there at she was there because like I guess it didn't say that, but like the impression I got was like she's there because Lex said to be there, and he bought her the ticket. I think, yeah, Lex bought her a ticket, but then, you know, oh no, the, the ship caught fire. I mean, I imagine ships were less safe in 1935. Maybe, you know, one in 50 caught on fire. I don't know. But um, she knew that was a manipulation for her to be there. I don't know. Well, Maybe. well I guess what, what would she have thought is like, okay, why, am, why did Lex buy me this ticket and why am I here? There wasn't any valid reason for her to be there. Uh, like, or I, think the, that, I mean, Lex could have made something up, but like there wasn't anything made, like there was no, you know, mundane reason that she thought she was there yeah i think i mean she said that there was a story somewhere on the excelsior or something that went beyond just the glitz and glamour of it and if there wasn't a story then a day of eating fine food on a fancy ship was a small price to pay luther was part owner of the ship and had paid her way so yeah why would she think that like i mean i guess luther you know hey you've helped me collaborate on this book enjoy a ticket on one of my boats I mean, it could have been that innocuous. I don't know if she puts it together that like, oh, this was a Superman yeah. thing. I think, I guess, I guess I was thinking she, she didn't know the specifics or what was going on. And we definitely didn't hear that. Like, you know, she knew that the fire was Lex doing it, but that I, the impression I got was that she knew the reason she was there was some kind of deception, but not, she didn't know the specifics of it. But yeah, I guess that was sort of left kind of like unsaid. But it seemed like, especially like as smart as we're making Lois out to be, like it shouldn't, it would have occurred to her, like, okay, there's no good reason for me to be here. There must be something else going on. Right. And then there's like flashbacks. Yeah. To and, where- then, and then there's a fire, like, and there's a fire and Superman saves her, like, Lois could put that together. Yeah. I, th- I think maybe you're right. I, I, I wish that she had explicitly thought one way or the other. She's not like, oh my, what a coincidental fire. Or she was like, oh, this must be Luther, you know, trying to get Superman. Yeah. I guess. So- they, I forgot. Like like, a, what, what did she say as as we're going through that narration? Like, did we get did we get to hear like Lois saying why she thought she was there? She doesn't say, mm-hmm. but yeah. I think uh, mm-hmm. like so when when Superman shows up, and so like you know Lex set this up, and he put Lois in danger because you know, Superman likes Lois, and uh, hey, if she's almost going to burn to death, that'll keep his eyes off Kansas. So he's, he's, and then at the end of this, there's like a, a chemical spill and dockside. So he goes to take care of that. I imagine Lex is just setting up disasters all around the city <laughs> just to keep Superman busy for a few hours. Um, so yeah, like when he shows up and he's like, do you need assistance, Miss Lane? And he's all acting, yeah. you know, happy and stuff. Um, and then there's like a flashback to two weeks show ago. off being superhero dude in front of the woman he's trying to impress. Exactly. And then we get this flashback to a couple of weeks ago where she's at Superman or she's at a uh, Lex's talking about him. And he's like, look, you're an anchor for Superman. You need to bind yourself tighter to him so he, and so that he'll listen to you. Like, you know, be be one of the reasons for him not to kill he, all of kill all humans, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, it's gross. I don't like it. And I think your your note said that Lex wants Lois to make kissy face with Superman. She doesn't like the idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
And she's just like, no, I'm not into it. And he's like, okay, that's fine. You know, we can deal with scrutiny. You know, if you think that he would figure it out, I understand that you don't like him, but you know, if you really think he's going wrong or that he might go rogue, this is one of the best ways to stop it from happening. And he, he basically just puts it and he's like, fine, it's fine if you don't want to do it, but it's important to make the distinction between you having a personal distaste for your involvement and the plan actually being a poor one. Um, I also just love that the whole thing of their, their backstory of their, their secret two person conspiracy here is like, it's, it's all still happening with Lex not fully trusting Lois. So again, yeah. I think he could he could imagine that Superman would read all of these notes and he's like, yeah, see, I didn't say anything bad. I'm just trying to look out for you, man. You're my, you're my boy, Superman. We're yeah, best friends. Got... <laughs> and if the reporter will read back the record. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess uh, what bothered me about like this chapter was I the vibe I got was that Lois's discomfort with doing this wasn't about manipulating Superman. It was like, Oh, I don't want to be this. Like it was more about her. Like, Oh, I don't want to be the chicky babe. Um, you know, I don't want to be the, the eye candy in this story. Um, and less about, because it this does get like in later when she like goes on the date with Clark or with Superman. Um, like the impression I got was more like, she didn't, she didn't like being sort of like used that way. Like it was more about what it meant about what, how she was involved in it. Like how, what, what that made her in the story as opposed to like, cause I felt like weird and uncomfortable, like the way that it was just sort of like a manipulation of Clark uh, or of Superman. Um, but that didn't seem to be the reason why Lois didn't like it. And that kind of like bothered me. I'm like, you know, like, that's the wrong reason to dislike this. <laughs> yeah. I think that she's not, I mean, so she's written, you know, Superman off kind of at this point as like, you know, he, he's this, you know, amoral alien making pretending at being a, a, you know, a hero. And I think that her distaste isn't like just for being the arm candy in the story. It's that like, she's, it, it's less about like, well, I don't want to be the, the damsel in distress. It's that I just really don't want Superman to want to hold my hand. Like that, I think it's the yeah. ick reaction of you know, the, and the under, somewhat understandable ick reaction when you come to realize that like you know Superman probably watches her undress and stuff, or doesn't need to watch her undress, right? He can look right through her clothes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess yeah, what bothered know, me more is like it didn't like the the seeing you know Superman is Clark and he's a person and he's freaking the fuck out because of what he what he has to deal with, and now they're basically just trying to not basically they're trying to manipulate him, uh, like you know fuck with his emotions uh, consciously. And it didn't, I didn't, I mean, and I guess it could still be, but like, I didn't hear Lois ever saying, oh, I don't like the fact that I'm fucking with this person. It was more like, oh, I don't like what this makes me in the story. But there was no like concern about what, like what that meant for Clark. I don't think that there is a concern from her perspective about that. Like, I don't, I don't think that they're worried about, you know, uh, well, it's wrong to manipulate people in the situation right now. They're just thinking, how do we control this existential threat? And you know, yeah, and I'm like, wondering if it's not like this because there, there was another there was another bit in here where she uh, where she sounded very Lex, like she was also on the same page of, oh, you know, if I had all these powers, then I'd be you know twenty four seven trying to save people. Like she was also judging Superman for you know drinking coffee, like oh, you know, anything you do that isn't saving people means people are dying, and it was this very sort of like robotic calculating, you know, ethics around you know what does what does Clark do? Um, that seemed like she was uh, kind of thinking in the same way that, that Lex had been thinking about it, where I'm also like, oh, this is just sort of another way that you sort of like miss this dude as a human being. 
Um, and you're just kind of like, uh, you know, applying this very kind of dry ethical code to the way he ought to act. And that she thought she would also herself act that way if she were in the same position. Um, that she would act better than him. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, it kind of like, it stood out to me as like, oh, this is a way that you are b- being lax. Um, so I'm like, oh, so that doesn't reflect well on you. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I think that like, I guess there's two thoughts on like the, with the manipulation of Superman. Like on one hand, like she, she's, she, they, they don't really model him right now as like a person whose feelings they should care about. Yeah. They're just like, you know what? This is this creep alien who, yeah, he, he occasionally pulls people out of burning buildings, but he's just, you know, the whole thing aches me out. And so they're not modeling him like a person, but then two, it's not like all manipulation is, is inherently negative. You know, if you've got a friend who's down and you're like, Hey, you know what? Let's go to a movie back when movies were a thing. Um, yeah, that's kind of how she was early, like before when she's like, okay, let's talk about like that did feel like, like she just felt bad for Clark and like, okay, let's talk about Smallville. I don't actually give a fuck about Smallville, but I'm doing this because I know it'll make him feel better. And the motivation for that felt like just actual empathy. Like this guy feels bad and I don't want him to feel bad. Um, but I didn't like see any of that because like when like Luther's like kind of sort of calculations around how somebody ought to act, uh, that came off to me as like, like sort of evidence for the way that like Lex is miswired. He just fundamentally doesn't understand people. Um, and then this was sort of a way that it was like Lois kind of being in the same thing. Like, Oh, you're just kind of, you know, there's, there's this opportunity here to connect with another person and you are missing it. Um, and we have seen like Lois acting in kind of a more human way, like, like at those times where she just felt, you know, authentically bad that like Clark was in a, you know, that Clark was depressed and she wanted to help for just, you know, just for the sake of helping. Um, so we see that kind of thing that we haven't seen Lex being, uh, capable of, but this, this seemed like it sort of fell back to like, she was being very kind of Lex ish, um, in, in the way she's thinking about Superman, which I guess when she was doing like she, when she was trying to cheer up Clark, she was thinking that's Clark. She's trying to cheer up, <clears throat> but like this manipulation she's doing, like she does figure out in this one that like, Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait, I think I read ahead. I don't know if we got there. She figures out Clark is Superman, but I think I accidentally read into chapter 11. Oh, that's <clears> because <throat> it's, you were listening to the audiobook, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It chopped it up. Well, that's all right. You got to You got to You got to sneak ahead. I don't want to so. spoilers. Um, but yeah, like, I guess like at this point she hasn't made that connection. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And the way, like when she was having that more like sympathetic reaction to, to Clark, she's thinking that's Clark. Um, but this manipulation she thinks is Superman. So I'm wondering if like, she regard, like if those are different in her head, like it's like, it's okay to, um, mind fuck Superman because he's Superman, but Clark's a person. I think that's exactly it. I think it's as simple as that. Like, you know, Superman isn't a person that that she models as a person or cares about as a person. Yeah. It's like, you know, if 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 you've got you know a big angry pet dog and you know you're you're doing nice things to placate it or not scare it. I mean, that's a terrible analogy, but it's like you know you're not doing it necessarily uh, because you care about the animal. Although again, terrible analogy. Point is like you you can there like it's it's all right to be in a spot where. You're just like, okay, I don't, I'm not caring about you as a person. And yeah. I, well, I guess. I think it is a good analogy in that, like, that's the, the difference. Yeah. She regards Clark as a person and Superman, she doesn't. Yeah. So she, I guess okay, I, I, I just Superman. realized my pet analogy was not working. It was more like a wild <laughs> animal, right? And so, um, anyway, yeah. So she's just, she doesn't model Superman as a person that she cares about. And as far as you having read ahead, that's on me. I told him that he absolutely had to listen to chapter nine of the audiobook. That's true. And, uh, 
it was awesome. By the way, if anyone isn't listening to the audio, I was confused at the end. I'm like, oh, the end of chapter, I'm like, 11? Wait, what? So, yeah. It sneaks in. I listened to it again today too. And I don't remember. I mean, it does. It it always does a clear cut where he does the page turn says end of chapter 10, begin chapter 11 or whatever, but I missed it. So it happens. Yep. Anyway. So then, uh, then it kind of cuts back to two weeks later, which is now on the burning boat. And she's like, well, that would be great. You know, thank you. If you're already heading back to Metropolis and uh, she gives a smile where she could tell she's giving, showing too many teeth. Like she's just not a natural liar. Um, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't come natural. Yeah. It was weird. That's kind of the weird part. Like it, she's not good at it, but she also is like, it is a manipulation, but she's also not good at doing it. Yeah. I think it's that like, and that, that's maybe the difference that makes a lot of difference between her and Lex is that like, you know, she, she doesn't like Superman, so she's not comfortable doing this, but she'll do it because she thinks it's, you know, for the greater good. And yeah. But that doesn't mean that like this all comes easy to her. Whereas like, you know, Lex will kill 50 people in Metropolis without, you know, losing us without breaking a sweat because, well, that's for the greater good. And so like she, she's, she's having trouble lying for he, the greater good. He'd hire, he'd hire somebody to do all the social engineering shit. He did. <laughs> right. That's, that's Lois. Exactly. And then I like this too. So then he, he flies her back and um, uh, she does like the, you know, puts her hand on his chest and stands close to him, like in the comic book pictures. Thank you. You know, thank you for everything. And it's just like the most, I don't know. It, it's like the most uh, picturesque Hero. thing, right? Hero. Exactly. And then he's just like, Oh, you know what? Sorry. There's a chemical spill down there. Uh, Got to run. I do like this though. If you ever need, just call my name, which means, you know, he's like, just got his hearing what cocktail party effect also tunes to her voice. Mm. Um, so the, I sent you the cliff of uh, Man of Steel where the farm is being attacked by Zod and then he just shows up and he's punching the hell out of him. The, the clip didn't have... That, Zod or, that was Bane, I think, with the clip you sent me. It looked uh, like Bane. Does Zod look like Bane? That's pretty lame. I have no idea who's... Who, I know one, I know Zod's in the movie. Like the, with the with the breathy masky thing. That's who you should like. That's the, the clip you sent me was super... Oh, no. That was, that was the spacesuit thing that the Kryptonians are wearing. It's not Bane from Batman. Really? Okay. Well, then that's pretty fucking lame because he looked exactly like Bane. All right. <laughs> so that's kind of unoriginal. Well, this, the the second before that clip started, he's like dropped Lois off in a field or something and they're talking and then he just quirks his head to the side and just flies off at full speed. And I, I love that. And I imagine that's exactly what happens off screen in this chapter. Um, anyway, so then it cuts back to Smallville and someone's complaining about the drought. and You know, Superman should just bring water here from Lake Superior and... It's like, know, then, and Martha, like, like who, why doesn't God make all our problems go away? It's like, it's like the exact same mental place that they're all in. Well, except for in this case, God's actually real and he's running well, yeah, around. It's, it's like they're applying all the same, you know, all the same complaints are, you know, it's exactly like, oh, why do bad things happen? Why doesn't Superman save us? I think it's a, I think it's a legitimate question if Superman is actually real and not doing something. Whereas like, if you're asking, you know, why, why doesn't Poseidon bring, why is Poseidon flooding my farm? That's one thing. But if you're like, why is, you know, Superman flooding my farm? That's a legit question, right? Well, no, that's not like, I, like, that's the only difference is like, oh, okay, yeah, you saw Superman, but for, every, you know, anybody that like sincerely, authentically believes in a God, then like, okay, why isn't God making it rain? Oh, sure. It's, yeah. It's the same thing. And so that like, and so that was sort of the thing, like now that they've, you know, they see like, oh, Superman's capable of all these things. Like they've slotted him into that same God role. And then like, okay, why did bad thing, ha- why does Superman let bad things happen? Uh, which is kind of the same thing that like Lex and Lois are doing to him. I forgot that. Yeah, you're t- like it is possible to entertain this from a position that people sincerely believe that God exists and let lets bad things happen. I, I thought you were using it like in a metaphorical way, but yeah, for some people, it's literal. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And now that like it has become a literal, that like now that it actually is a literal thing, then people are doing all the same things that they do with, you know, why does God let bad things happen? Yeah. Like Superman sort of like, you know, become that role. All the things that people, you know, think about God. Now people are doing with Superman because he's like kind of ticking all the boxes for what does it mean to be God? It kind of makes you wonder, like, you know, 50 years later, like there'll be classes on like the ethics of Superman and uh, the like the philosophy of what it means to have a God man running around, you know, like just imagine living on earth now where Dr. Manhattan existed for a hundred years. And like, he's just a fixture of, of society and like, but he doesn't like talking to people. So like, there's just people who take seminar classes on like, you know, and people still wonder why he spends, you know, two thirds of the year standing on Mars. Like, I don't, I just, I know, right? it's a weird thought experiment. I also like, I, in this, I just where it's like all of those things, except it's no longer like a question of, is it true? Like, it's just, provable and commonly accepted that it's a true thing. And then what things are like is, yeah, you can get in all like navel gazy crap with like, Oh, why does, you know, God let bad things happen, but everybody can kind of just ignore it because nothing's, you know, actually coming up. But if you can like point to the naked blue dude and go, why is he letting bad shit happen? Um, then that's like a different conversation. Right. I, I also like how in this conversation, Martha is defending Superman being like, well, he can't control the weather. You know, where would he even get the water? No, it wouldn't work. He'd flood oh, the yeah, farm. About, like, yeah, and she she knows. So, yeah. She, she knows what's she, up. She knows what's up. And so, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, he even offered and she's like, oh, don't worry about it or whatever, right? But, like, she's she's sitting there arguing like, nope, Superman's doing great. You got to shut the hell up. And, like, mm-hmm. she, so we know that she's saying that. It's like, don't you ever talk to me or my <laughs> son ever my again? Son. <laughs> <laughs> but to them, she's just the curmudgeon who won't listen to reason. I love it. And then Floyd is sitting there rolling his eyes and wishing he had a watch to check every three seconds. Um, yeah, I feel like we keep sort of like getting – we get to sit in Floyd's head every once in a while where he's just like – you kind of get more of that sense of like this just this weird sociopath dude that's like fed up with all the shit that – you know, he's just fed up with the mundane shit that, quote, regular people do. And he's like, ah, can we just fucking move on now? I like how there's also like this bit of what sounds like meta thought in the book where Floyd settles in for another boring sermon because the pastor sucks, like by giving away the lesson, like three sentences in. Mm -hmm. And he says, he'd always thought the true meaning of what was said shouldn't be revealed until near the end when all came together and made itself clear. And it's like, that sounds like something an author would say about their story. (laughs) So I I thought that was kind of fun on a way to insert that. Um, I I don't know if I would have caught that. I definitely didn't catch that in my first reads. Like, so I didn't catch it this time. I think, uh, I think talking about books is making me a better reader, which is great. (laughs) Um, almost like, yep. And even if that's not intentional, I'm still taking something out of it, you know? So anyway, sermon's over Floyd's sitting there by the truck, just tapping his foot impatiently, ready to rock and roll. And she's like, Oh, we got to run back to the farm. There's dust storm. And he's like, I like how it's like, and you listen to the guy's voice who played him, right? Like just the, yeah. oh, skies look clear and blue to me, Mrs. Mrs. Camp. No, we should head back. And he's just sort of like, he's like grasping his straws like, oh, fuck, no, we can't do this shit. Uh, no, we'll be, fi- we, it would be better if we tried to hunker down in Kansas City or wherever, the, or to be, I don't know. Wichita. Where were they? Wichita, yeah. In the big city. Right. So yeah, he's just trying to, he's like, oh shit, like this. And yeah, and this is us kind of getting to see, like, he's not good at this shit. Like, this is not his core competency, <laughs> manipulating people. Well, and Martha's like, you know, got all the stubbornness of having grown up for a hundred years on a farm in the middle of nowhere. And knowing that like at any time, if she says, 
hey, Clark, can you get over here real quick? That she can summon God down to settle an argument for her. <laughs> so like when, she, when she's arguing, like, no, she's we're going back to the farm. Exactly. When she's like, no, we're going to go back to the farm. And like, she's just the most stubborn person ever. It's like, because kind of she, she she can afford to be that stubborn. Mm-hmm. And she's got, a, she's got an ace in her upper sleeve that lets her win any argument. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so anyway, they're like, I just like how uh, um, I have something else about their their interaction there, but uh, I guess what it is is like the skies look fine, and she's like she's just dead certain. Nope, barometer's hopping fast. Radio says it's going to be bad, and then by the time they're heading up to the farm, like oh yeah, no shit, it does look bad. Um, but then on the way back, we talked about this a bit, where it's like I heard about the rumors with you and what's her name, uh, Betty Graber, um, and then he's he's like. In, in his head, he's like, oh, yeah, that stupid chick who's followed me around to think strippers are cool. Sure, I banged her and she cried the whole time. And then uh, now she follows me like a puppy. And then he's like, then out loud, there ain't no truth to it. She's keen on me. I can tell. But I would <laughs> never take advantage. I would never take advantage. Like, yeah, he knows he knows the morality that he ought to be following and he knows how to mimic it. It's just not. And that's that's the difference between like, you know, bringing in a baller assassin for this job and bringing in a perfect actor. Right. Yeah. Like a perfect actor, what you know would have played by the morality he knows he's supposed to follow. He wouldn't have gotten bored. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you brought in this like yeah, this psycho. You drop airdrop the psychopath into the small town, and yeah, he's you know banging the random chicks because that's what psychopaths do. It's kind of surprising he doesn't just like uh, what's the gunslinger's name in the book, the gunslinger Roland. That he doesn't just like Roland his way through this town at some point. <laughs> uh, I only read the first ninety percent of the first book in the Dark Tower series, and there's a bit it's not that far in i don't if you're versus spoilers click ahead 15 seconds he's in some town and uh he eventually like the people go insane he just starts shooting everybody and um he he takes them all out because he's a really good shot and it makes me think of that it's always sunny philadelphia bit where frank is on the news and he's like he's pitching his guns and stuff and he's like so anyway that so yeah that's that's how the that's what the picture is the caption is so anyway i started blasting Anyway, so he doesn't get a chance to to, uh, get to do that. Frank Reynolds his way out of this place. Um, so they get there. Or yeah, so yeah, man, this all happened so fast. But in the audiobook, all right, again, last pitch, then I'll shut up about it. Um, it's this is like there's you can feel the tension building up. There's like this kind of uneasy music, and this whole thing just hits with this this crescendo that that has this awesome climax. And so in the book, it feels like or in the audiobook, it feels so much longer. And this is just a few paragraphs, like. He remembers like, oh yeah, nope, got to choke the engine. Then it's too late, and she's like, I'll just walk. And yeah. um, then he's like, well, fuck it. My looks at my cover's probably blown anyway because she's probably gonna kick me out. So he just goes up and uh, whips her with his gun. Yeah, and, he's trying uh, to just like, yeah, he thinks like, okay, everything's fucked up. So he's just trying to like salvage the situation to the extent that he can. Right. Which you know, anyway, if any case or in any case, was probably still the right call. Like. If if she'd gotten back and saw them pulling the ship out, she'd have been like, "Clark, get your ass over here!" And yeah, yeah, he fucked up by getting in that situation. But once he was there, and she's like walking back, I don't, yeah, there, there's kind of, there was no there were no good answers there, and that wasn't necessarily the bad one. I get like, yeah, the best answer would have been like he pistol whipped her and it worked, and she didn't die. Then that was the right move, right? But he pistol whipped her to death, to death. <laughs> I like this too because then you know Floyd and uh, or yeah Joseph and Loretta are like, you know, what are you doing here? And they've got him at shotgun point. Yeah. And he's just like, they don't know who he is. 
Right. They, they know that he's involved because they sold him their winning raffle ticket and stuff. And of course, he's living on the Kent farm. So like, you know, they got to have the same mysterious employer or whatever. But they're like, you weren't here part of the plan. He's like, nope, I'm here to help you two out. He just like kind of pretends like this was on purpose. And then I like this too. And this probably is what grabs Superman's attention. Where's Mrs. Kent knocked out in the back of the truck? And it's like, if they had said, where is she? That probably might not have kicked up Superman's cocktail party, right? Um, but no, it's like, where's Mrs. Kent? And then he's like, wait, Mrs. Kent knocked out the fuck. Um, yeah. and you kind of get the impression I, he probably could have gotten here a little faster. I don't know, but, um, yeah, I guess I, cause I was thinking as it was happening, it was more like, okay, if he's just paying sort of normal levels of attention, uh, to Kansas, like, okay, yeah, they probably would have gotten away with this. Cause they, it's not like they didn't say his name. It wasn't anything like too weird. Um, but it, yeah, it was then later, like when, when Clark, you know, talks to Floyd about how much attention he has been paying, you're like, oh yeah, shit. So I, like, I wonder how hard that was for them to get away with because uh, Clark has been paying a lot more attention to Smallville than we would have thought. Right. And he, he paid super close attention for at least a week and then he, he was naive and backed off a bit, but yeah, somehow he, he clues in. Maybe he showed up because the dust storm was bad and he wanted to help his mom out or something, you know, or maybe he did hear the Mrs. Kent or something, but yeah, I guess, uh, I guess what was my, I guess I was thinking that, that like her getting hit on the back, like whatever that happened where she got like hit over the head, like that did, um, you know, set off an alarm for him. And then he like went over there as soon as he could, but I guess he would have been there like pretty, like he would have, it would have only taken him a minute or two. Although I guess like from the point, like I, it's probably only, five, 10 minutes between when he hits her over the head and when he drives away. Cause he just kind of hits her over the head, loads her in the back, drives up to the farm, helps them load the spaceship into the truck and then drives away. I guess it's more like 20, 30 minutes ish. Yeah. There's some time had passed. So it must not have been the Mrs. Kent or the hit. Cause I mean, right. the hit wouldn't so. be distinguishable from the other hit, you know, coming from the Midwest. Right. You know, here, here's somebody get hit from the Midwest three times a minute. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, Anyway, they yeah, I guess the, it said something like, oh, it like, takes him an hour to get to China or something. Um, yeah, there's... So, yeah, he should, he should, the, should have only taken him a couple of minutes to get to yeah. Smallville. Like, if he was in a rush, he could have gotten there, I think. And maybe it would have taken a few... I don't know. Someone do the math for us. Um, so, they, they get the ship, and it's this, like, sexy-looking kite that looks like it's gold and swoopy like, angles. Well, yeah, an egg and a kite or something. It, it, uh, my view of it was very Flash gordon because like, I think it was also described as being gold. So yeah, I saw these like short, stubby little wings, and but it's sort of roundish and egg shaped, but gold metal. All of that felt very Flash Gordon. It looks like a spaceship from a video, like a first person shooting video video yeah. game, like which Star is Fox. Good, which is also yeah, and that's like period appropriate. That's like that's a nineteen thirties science fiction ish vibe. Yeah, totally. That's a good point. It feels very like this. This, this you know the smooth angles like War of the Worldsy. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you know glass and you know, glass and stainless steel vibe. It's, it's kind of steampunky almost. Yeah. So anyway, they, they heave it. And I like this too, just cause it's a bit of funny line. He initially thought the objects would be unmovable without wrapping ropes around it and using the truck to pull it. But instead it was just obscenely heavy. It's just obscenely heavy. Merely obscenely heavy. And then the storm comes and like, all right, you take that. Oh, maybe that was it. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Then take that truck and drive as far away from here as you can. Keep Martha with you. Maybe he heard the word Martha and he's like, keep Martha with you. The fuck that mean? And maybe that's what summons Superman. Um, anyway, they take off the green take off in the other direction. And uh, she's, he looks at her in the rearview mirror as he's driving off and he looks and he's like, Oh, she's not breathing. And he gets out and 
Oh, fuck. She did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I like it. Like we sort of, as we get the description of like the wrath of Clark shows up, like for the, the, at least for the first little bit of that description, it's not described as, and then Superman showed up to fuck, fuck with his world. It was sort of like, and then the door ripped off the hinges and it was sort of like, we get to see all this kind of over the top stuff happen, but we don't get really told that that's Superman doing it until Floyd says it like, Oh, and then he felt that he was being carried by his shirt. Yeah. Um, when I was reading it my first time, I'm like, the wind ripped the door off? Okay, must be crazy storm. Whipped him out of the car. That's wild. Like, it's happening too fast. Because yeah. then it, make, sort of make, it makes then Superman seem like some kind of force of nature that happened rather than it's not like a dude showed up. It's like, okay, now you have, like, the world is mad at you because you killed Martha. Right. Yeah. And then, oh, man. Then, again, this line, too, it's just like, as the as the, as the the music picks up and the scene dramatic hit, hits its dramatic crescendo, you know, uh, so he, he's caught in the air and they're above the clouds and he's, and then he looks back and Superman's all covered in dirt and stuff, except for his face where he's crying and he didn't move. He didn't say anything. His employer had been taking precautions against the arrival of Superman. And now Superman was here. Yeah. I don't want to toot my own horn or anything, but you know, Shakespeare can suck it. I'm the greatest writer now. Oh, dethroning Shakespeare is tight. Just, it's, it's so intense. I fucking love it. And it was a good description, like, like describing Superman as like being all covered in dirt and stuff was like a good, like it was both like, okay, he's still like Superman and powerful and whatever, like, like the dirt doesn't hinder him at all. But it was like, oh, but you know, he's just as dirty as Floyd is. Like if he walk, you know, if he flies through dirt, he gets dirty too. Yeah. It, it, that, that no doubt wasn't intentional move. Yeah. Good point. That like. Again, we picture Superman, the symbol with the shining suit and all that. It's like, actually, no, he gets, he's, you know, he's yeah. on earth with the rest of us as terrestrial as the rest of the things on the planet. Um, yeah. And it was like, and it didn't bother. It does. It didn't like slow him down. It didn't bother him, but it was like, no, but yeah, like he's just as affected by, or he's not like, it's not that those things don't happen. It's just that they don't, you know, take him out. But, you know, he was also flying through the sandstorm and he got all dirty. Yeah. I, and their whole interaction, he's just, you killed her. He's like, it was an accident. I tried to knock her out. I just hit her too hard. And his, his, his verbiage here, Superman, when he replies, he's like an accident. I spend my every waking second treading lightly, trying not to go too fast, trying not to break your fragile little bodies. Like yeah. oh, he, yeah, he's, like he's kind of othering humanity in, in his whole thinking I here. I like, like too that like, as like, so we're seeing him crack but he's not cracking in a way that's like, oh, you're, you know, crazy psycho. Like he's cracking in a way that's like, oh, a regular person just cannot deal with this level of shit. And so he's he's cracking it. It's not that like, oh, this is kind of like, you know, failing on his part. It's more like this is what would happen to any regular person having to deal with what he's having to deal with. Like how do you like, the, you know, it's a if you are holding the person that just killed your mother in you know, your hands, what would you do? Like the fact that he doesn't just, you know, pummel him is unusual. Like any, anybody else would have just beat him to death. It's it's the, it's the behavior you'd expect from somebody who spends their every waking second pulling, you know, holding back. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. everything he does is, is an act to try and, you know, not do as much harm as, or do as much power as yeah. he can. And, you know, he practices so much as Clark Kent, the guy who can't go up the stairs without wheezing in, in exhaustion. And so, yeah, I mean, like if I had Superman's powers and I heard my mom get killed and I grabbed the guy who did it, I I would like to think that the only thing I would do is let him know I was killing him before I killed him, <laughs> that would right? That the end of the like, dude. Yeah. 
I, I, I would, my, my, what I'd probably do is kill him instantly and then feel bad that I didn't let him know, by the way, I'm killing you because you killed my fucking mom. <laughs> um, so yeah, then he's just like, uh, oh yeah, by the way, fun tidbit about the audiobook. That scream was, uh, Inyash like did a bunch of practice ones and that was the one that he picked and it also ruined the mic that he's recording on. <laughs> so it was, it was a real raw and primal scream that left Floyd momentarily deaf. Um, also left his microphone deaf. Um, so then he's just fully, it's like, I'm sorry. And then this line, she was my mother. And then he's just like, Oh fuck. If he hadn't, <laughs> shat his pants, like, oh, it, shit. if he, if he hadn't shat his pants yet, this is the moment. Right. And he's just like, listen, Clark. And he's like, don't call me that. And the whole thing. And you know, this is another thing. I forgot that this is part of Superman's whole deal is Superman is a Christian. Um, you know, because he was 1930s, yeah, warm blooded yeah. American. Yeah. Uh, like, kind of makes you wonder how that's at all possible. You know, does he think that does he think that Jesus's sacrifice on you know one planet of walking you know mostly hairless apes was like did it permeate oh, yeah, throughout the galaxy? Is um, there like Krypton Jesus? Does he think he could kick Jesus's ass? <laughs> did Jesus have laser eyes? Right. We haven't seen the Superman have laser eyes yet. Yeah, we haven't seen that. Or do the yet. ice breath, which I always thought was just the dumbest like, like addition know, to his right? powers. Then I think I said like there was some other weird power of like Superman could make mini Superman. Making mini Superman. Like, Someone posted yeah. that that screen or posted a, a picture of that comic books uh uh panel to the Discord after you mentioned that one. Yeah, that was such a weird like you could tell like whoever wrote that like wishes after the fact they hadn't because of all the problems. <laughs> so like, okay, this is fucking weird. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll write we'll into the next one that he could only do it once. <laughs> twenty twenty Superman. Um. Anyway, he's like, Does, is there a point to your life? Did God had any purpose behind your creation mm-hmm. other than to test me? And he tries to nod and he says, my employer, I can help you get it to him. He never showed his face, but we have ways of communicating. And there's this bank account he puts money into. He just nods and says, talk. It's intense, man. It was, it was good. And then we get this cut. This is like another, you know, just decision on the audiobook that this was the end of the, the episode. Then the next episode opens up with this last paragraph, which is a nice little, you know, its own standing segment. But it opens with like this, this little letter of we were able to remove the foreign contaminant from the lab's water supply. You know, source was a large singular deposit. It's all code. Uh, of like, yep, we got the ship, we got the thing out. It was a ship, and uh, someone was injured. One of our, you know, uh, in, like the thing just says it's Martha without saying it's Martha, right? Yeah. Um, our prize test subject has been injured, perhaps mortally. We suspect mishandling by one of the workers in the lab, and it's just like straight up. It's like, yeah, Floyd fucking hit, killed Martha, or hit her, maybe killed her, and then there's no word Alexis, from Floyd. So Lex is concerned. Yes, uh, like both. Like so, there's both the um, he doesn't like that having Superman's cover blown is then going to put more pressure on it. Like he's, he's treating Superman as this like volatile subject that need, that needs to not be fucked with. And so he really doesn't like that, that there's now going to be added pressure on Superman now that he knows that his cover has been blown. Um, but that, and then his other thing and, and what he had talked with, with Lois before that, like this idea of like being connected to humanity as like a motivation not to kill everybody. Um, that like having lost his mother is now, you know, a huge loss in terms of just how does this guy feel connected to the human race? Right. I mean, there's a pretty good chance that he wouldn't have killed all humans as long as his mom was one of those humans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And now that she's gone, he's like, you know what? Fuck these, you know, hairless monkeys. Um, it's, 
it's easier to see how that's that's now on the table for Superman now that his dear old uh, again just Midwest you know mom and or apple pie mom is gone right it's uh it's rough um so anyway uh yeah superman probably knew his secret identity was compromised and that's another problem and he's like but you know hey i got the spaceship um so hopefully hopefully i can turn that into something <laughs> <laughs> so so i got that going for me and this was uh author's note black sunday was the worst dust storm of the era shortly afterwards the term dust bowl was coined mm. and so that's apparently the storm which is fun I wonder how much research he spent doing all this. I know a lot of stuff seems very, it's like very thought out. Yeah. I mean, like I, and I think that he says this in the interview he did with Inyash um, on earlier in this podcast feed, but uh, after the audiobook, like the most surprising thing he learned during his research was the orphan trains. Mm, yeah. Like that, that's apparently an actual thing that actually happened. That, that blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Chapter 10, we got Willie Calhoun hanging out in his jail cell. Just thinking about, man, if only I wasn't so old and fat and broke, I would be breaking out of here and doing all this cool stuff. But um, I know this Calhoun stuff is again, is that like that just really strange thing of like Superman is a god you can pray to, or you know, Superman is a god that you can bitch at for not bringing the rain. Um, so like, like that's cool. It's kind of a like not obvious conclusion you would you would get it, but totally true. But yeah, it was this weird thing. So Calhoun's like in his cell. Uh, so I guess what this is him just sort of like waiting on trial. Yeah, trial is I guess going to yeah. come up soon. So yeah, he's like arrested, but like not has come to trial. But yeah, he's basically like praying at Superman, um, confessing everything he's done. Which like at first, as I was reading it, it was it it sort of read like oh Calhoun's like feeling bad and is just trying to confess his sins to Super God. Um, but as we see it like later, he's like, he's in, I think we end this still not knowing why he would do this, but he's doing it to get a rise out of Superman. Like he's trying to fuck with him by doing it. So it's not a like, oh, I feel guilty for having these kids killed. It's the, he's trying to piss off Superman by saying he did it, um, which is weird and interesting. And I don't get what he was doing. I think he's pissed that Superman ruined his party, right? He was this badass crime boss. This this godman alien shows up, puts all your guys in jail, ruins all your all your business, and then you're like, you know what? Fuck this guy. I just want to hurt him, and so that's why he had the kids. Yeah, so it was that. It just ruined. seemed like it was weird, like him saying it, like he was trying to piss him off. Well, it, it wasn't just like, I guess it, it didn't seem so much like he was trying to rub it in or anything, but that he was doing it intentionally to try to aggravate Superman, not 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 aggravate him in a way of like, oh you know, just cause that'll make him feel bad. But like he was trying to get a reaction out of Superman by doing it. Like that was on purpose. The reaction he got was that Superman killed him, but <laughs> which I imagine it's probably not what his intent was, but it seemed like it was on, it was on purpose. It wasn't just like, Oh, it wasn't to hurt him. It was like, he was trying to get him to overreact. I think I he was trying dying. He, wasn't his goal, but he wanted to like have people view Superman as like, look, he's just this asshole. You guys wanted to fuck off as much as I yeah. do. And I think that unless Willie's an idiot, he doesn't think it on screen, but you know, Superman snapping and killing him must have crossed his mind. And I think yeah, he was okay with it. He's like, you know what? My empire's crashed, whatever. If he kills me, at the very least, everyone will see his true colors. Oh, yeah, I guess I could see that. So so for the, for Calhoun, this was like a fuck the world move. This was like going out in a blaze of glory move for him. That's kind of what I think. Yeah. I mean, I when he's when he's okay. doing his his yeah, when he's doing his prayer to Superman here, he says, the whole the reason this whole thing happened was that you didn't kill me when you should have. You're a chicken shit and people are dying because of it. Okay. Oh, yeah, so, okay. 
Like, he's so, just, I think he's just, yeah, he's, he's done just fucking with him. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. So he's just like, because everything's gone to shit, like he used to be the crime boss, but now like Metropolis is all fucked up for crime bosses. So he's just sort of like, fuck the world. And he just points out, I can see that. All right. Just kind of make you wonder, I guess maybe he spent all his money trying to salvage his Metropolis empire, but you think he'd have taken his dozen best dudes and just moved two towns over where there is no, you know, caped hero. And- yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's crime bosses all over. Yeah. yeah. Just move to the West Coast and be a crime boss over there, but oh well. Become the crime boss of, of Gotham, wherever that right? is. I think it's Chicago. I guess it's, no, Gotham, they, they're both New York. Gotham is definitely New York. I went and Googled that later. Um, Fair enough. I know that in the author's head, because Gotham also exists at the same time as Metropolis, um, I think he'd said that he pictured, I think it was Chicago as Gotham and Metropolis as New York. Yeah, no, Gotham Which, was like actually another name for New York at one point. Neat. Yeah, I actually learned today that if, uh, like, if New York were, if New York City were a country, it'd have the like the eleventh highest GDP. Nice. Um, I think it, like California is the third richest nation or something. That like sounds that. about right. Yeah, I think I think New York came in right after Canada, um, and so like at some point earlier in the book, Lex was like, you know, it's the end of the depression and. Uh, Metropolis is leading the vanguard out of the depression. And it's like, yeah, that's actually probably true given that Metropolis is New York. Um, not a historian, but I bet that's how, how it shook out. Yeah. Anyway. There's a point, and I don't know if it was like, it may have been in the chapter I read ahead in, but uh, where Lois talks about, she uh, names like what 13th and 23rd or something like she names like an intersection that, that I was like trying to imagine like where in Manhattan that, that was. And they're like, Oh, but they got like the Avenue versus street thing. Uh, backwards, I imagine on purpose, and then I went look. I'm like, oh, there is no 13th Avenue in Manhattan. It like stops at 12th or whatever. But so that was funny. He's like, you're still making it sound very New Yorky without act, you know, but but a fictitious place. You're telling me that the real New York skips 13th Avenue? No. So the avenues run north south, and it just goes from there's like Park Avenue and stuff. But the Hudson is on. It's like 12th Avenue is the is the furthest west avenue, so it just stops at 12th. But the streets like. Uh, like midtowns around like thirties and forties, but they go all the way up to like a hundred. Yeah. Um, so the streets are, the streets are East West um, and they go all the way up to something like a hundred, but the, the avenues are North. So like fifth Avenue runs like North South for a long way. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like stops the line, yeah. Avenues North South. That's what made me try to look it up. I'm like, wait a minute. That sounds like that's Hell's Kitchen, but it was like backwards because she was like a 13th. I'm like, Oh, cause yeah, like Hell's Kitchen is like between like 40th and 50th, like eighth. Anyway, whatever. I walked through Hell's Kitchen because I wanted to go where Daredevil was, and it's just become thoroughly gentrified since then. So that means he succeeded. I guess. I, yeah, I guess so. He scared away the crime people. Yeah, I when I was there, I'm like, is it safe to walk through Hell's Kitchen like at night? They're like, they just, I, they just laughed at me, and they're like, there's basically kind of no place in Midtown that's dangerous anymore. There's somebody there all the time. They're like, yeah. Well, that's. They're like, yeah, that was dangerous 50 years ago. You're like, I don't know, man. I watch a lot of movies. Screw you. Exactly. I'm like, I don't know. It's just a place. This is a thing I read about in the comic book. It's, it's Hell's Kitchen. Doesn't that sound scary? Yeah, not so much. Well, it was when Daredevil was there. And he exactly. he got to retire. Clean, he cleaned up all that crime. That's right. And so again, with Lex just doing everything above and beyond. So he's got this like nuclear research facility where he's investigating the ship. And the best cover for that is to actually have a nuclear research facility where they do actual <laughs> nuclear research. It's the Lex approach to all things. <laughs> I, I got money. Let's actually do the thing. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll also make develop it, nuclear making, weapons out of this. A, it's just a different way for him to make money. Yeah. It didn't cost him anything. It was just 
Yeah, no, I mean, they're actually doing research, it looks like, and maybe they'll invent uh, nuclear weapons or something. So um, anyway, so he's got the spaceship and it. there's a lot of description about how he's very careful with it. And I, I like it for like the, because uh, it would be super out of character for him to just start, you know, taking a crowbar to this thing, looking for, you know, an, a Superman gun in it, right? So um, he does, I think they hang out near it for, like he has like a rat on a cage on top of it for like three days. Um, and then he finally suits up and, uh, is able to like take it apart. And there's this description about how it was like beautifully designed and was taken apart with serviceability in mind. And that like, it was so like yeah, elegantly simple once he got the hang of it, that he feels like he could put it back together. Yeah. Um, and he kind of like, I liked it was sort of described like the ways, like the sort of complex ways it was put together, but in a way to make it still look sort of pretty and simple from the outside. Like there are all these like complicated latches and hinges and stuff that he could see by X-raying it, but on the outside it made everything look sort of seamless. And um, so yeah, I like that, like that description of it. Yeah. And that there were like little magical portions to it. Like, okay, this must be the the spot where the, you know, baby was actually stuck in. But then when it gets to later, did we? Yeah. That, um, like when he actually finds the like kryptonite fuel core, like that's sort of mysteriously hidden inside lead. And so it still had this kind of impression of, you know, there's kind of advanced levels of technology that, that are able to, you know, conceal themselves from him. Right. And so he just at the, and that's at the end, well, we'll get there, I guess, and we'll hold on to it. But yeah. I think we're sort of establishing that like lead is almost as magic as kryptonite in that lead, like is able to stop Superman's vision and is able to encase the kryptonite. Like lead just like, we've just decided that we're going to like let go of having to, you know, logically look at what lead could do. And we're just like, it's magic. Lead has magical powers. Hmm. I mean, the fact that it does two things to Kryptonian stuff might be like consistent. There might be like, uh, you know, it, it'd be one thing if lead also yeah, but like magic in the sense that it's like arbitrary, like why lead? Because like lead apparently has the ability to block stuff that other equally dense metals don't like there's something arbitrarily specific about lead. Oh, that's sure. Both yeah. Blocking his vision and also able to like encase kryptonite. Like we've just sort of decided that we're just going to nominate lead as, you know, it's the, the vibranium of this universe. <laughs> right. I think that, uh, and we can have, uh, Krypton or uh, kryptonite be the um, adamantium. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think like, uh, you know, so much of the, and that must be one of the constraints. Uh, unobtainium. Unobtainium, perfect. Yeah, one, one of the constraints of doing a story that's that's in a fan fiction universe is that, you know, maybe Alexander loved the lead thing and maybe he didn't, but it's like, you know what, this is a big part of the story. And now since it's yeah. already written as part of how Superman works, we'll make that its thing and then we'll build it up to be like a really... You know, he builds it to a cool plot device with Lex putting the, you know, the all the pieces in order to make it a popular item so that he can leadline his house. Yeah, I like that actually better. Like if you're going to, yeah, like if you're going to notice some kind of inconsistency, then you at least sort of like draw a big circle around it and go like, okay, we're just going to run with this. Like instead of trying to like hand wave it, which a little bit like, like, uh, and I think that's maybe in the next chapter, but like Lois, you know, go, oh, wait a minute. Clark looks just like Superman. I like fucking hated that because it was like, uh, duh and like like either it's just like call it magic because that it sort of feels like we're calling lead magic and that like works for me way better than trying to like ex, you know hand wave some kind of bullshit around it um so yeah i like that better it's almost like like you're acknowledging the thing and just it's sort of like you're t- kind of telling the reader like okay right here is the thing you need to suspend disbelief about instead of trying to you know murder words trying to hand wave it yeah no that's valid um i i'm, I'm looking at the like the section, so we, we then we get a line break back to Floyd, who's now 
gets to live at the bottom of a 300 foot hole. I know, right? Which is like, like totally um, exactly like what, when, when Superman was talking about what he wanted to do to the people that, you know, raped and killed those, those kids. Like how did he put it? He was like in the deepest, darkest dungeon or something. In the deepest, darkest pit I could dig for them. Yeah. Yeah. Pit, yeah. Or that so I could make like, for them. So he did that. Yeah. So he did the thing he was talking about doing. It's so wild. Like, yeah, I, I mean, it makes you wonder, like, I wish I'd done this to those jerks. And then, like, so we already had a plan of what to do with the next jerk that happened to cross his path, which was Floyd. Yeah. And so then, like, you know, he sets Floyd down and he's like, don't fucking move or I'll kill you. Or maybe he doesn't even, you know, he doesn't have to say or I'll kill you. He's just yeah. like, stay put. And then he spends, I'm assuming, 30 seconds digging this 300 foot hole. Yeah. And it's like six feet wide. So And it, apparently we're like in the middle of fucking nowhere in Alaska. Right. Which and I thought so, was sort of like funny, like stuck with like the Wonder Bread theme of like, okay, we're, we're going to go in the middle of nowhere, but we're going to stay somewhere within the United States. <laughs> right. You could, could have been Canada. <laughs> we're not going right? to go to the Yukon. We're not going to go to the North Pole. No, we're going to Alaska. Speaking, speaking of Wonder Bread, what I like about this is that Superman is bringing him food, you know, canned beans and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which means since Superman Stop. probably doesn't steal, it means that it means that he's dressing up Clark Kent. <laughs> And he's spending oh, his shit. his money that he earns at his job to go buy beans for Floyd. <laughs> for the for the dude he's keeping imprisoned in a hole in Alaska. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that Superman would even find this as a good enough excuse to steal, so that's my only uh understanding. <laughs> now I'm that- picturing like like some random like caribou like wandering around grazing around this giant hole in the middle of this like tundra in the fucking middle of nowhere in Alaska. They're like <laughs> it could fall in and kill that- Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> Kill that um, caribou from 300 feet above. I just wonder if Superman. It, <laughs> I, I just wonder if Clark is like calm or if he's pissed when he's standing in line at the, you know, the, the bodega. <laughs> when he's got his, his little basket full of beans and shit, he's going to go carry to Floyd. Um, um, sir, 10 items or less, please. You'll have to get over <laughs> the beans. Oh, you're right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, usually so I only get eight, but I'm I'm also shopping for a friend. Oh, yep, uh, not a friend, a guy. <laughs> Superman shows up in the hole, and uh, Floyd's just like, "You can't keep me here forever." And Superman is just implacable. Like, uh, Why? Maybe, maybe and I could. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, what do you mean I can't? Like, fucking watch me. And he's like, "Well, it's illegal. You care about laws, right?" <laughs> I like it. The it's like, wait, hold on, that's illegal. Like, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't that's illegal. you killed my mom right i also just like the uh it's I, for some reason i feel like it's a meme that i can't put my finger on but it's like hold on you can't like you can't uh steal that it's illegal like Im- implying the other version of the word can't and that it's impossible mm-hmm. so it's like wait how are you doing this thing it's illegal um <laughs> anyway I'm get, it's I'm getting, impossible it's impossible anyway so he says less and less every day uh he cares about laws and uh, about society's laws less and less every day, which is not uh, good news for everybody, right? Yeah, um, yeah this is like the, 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 so we haven't seen it yet, but like the, this and the, what's about to happen to Calhoun was kind of the payoff to when, uh, when the governor said, well, you know, if Calhoun got off, would you just let him go? And Superman just says, no. Like we're starting to see that unravel. We're like, oh, this is what no means. Yeah, Superman is uh, like, it's all fine and dandy when he follows the law, but like again, he's he's points he's acknowledged certain weaknesses within the law, right? The law would let Calhoun walk. <laughs> um, okay, you, dude has had enough of your bullshit. Yeah, 
Anyway, so he's like, yep, I stalked that sister of yours that, you know, you're writing letters to. And for the first week you were here, I read all of them. And um, yeah, this is the creepy part where he's like, he kind of like unloads how much you're like, oh shit. Like, like what we already knew, like, you know, Clark is not a dumb man, um, but like how much attention he has been paying this whole time and like how hard it is to fool him. What I like too is, and it, you can almost hear just like the, the, the ache in his voice. He's like, my mother was too, was trusting. She had a kind heart. I told her that I could help her with anything that needed doing around the farm, but she always liked taking in strays. Um, but I like, I mean, in addition to that being heavy and sentimental, it's also just really funny for me that she's like, oh, Clark. And he shows up like, can you help me? You know, I'm just tired. My ankle hurts. Can you rebuild this fence? And he's like, exactly. sure thing, mom. Got your back. Like, uh, anyway, so I get, you know, there, there's a comedic vibe to that, but Anyway, he says, I watched all of your movements and you didn't act like anything other than a drifter. I thought I'd been sufficiently careful and eventually you just got, you just became a fixture of the farm. I turned my eyes back towards the city and very nearly forgot about you. And like his whole thing is just like, I wasn't paranoid enough, apparently. You know, I thought I did my, uh, my investigation. Um, And then he talks about what happens to the letters that he sends. And he's like, yep, translated into a code of random letters and numbers through the use of a one-time pad behind lead walls. And even if I'd been watching closely, I might might not have caught it. They copied it and then sent it to seven larger cities in the United States. And it was transmitted out by uh, transmitted out into the open by radio, which like great. Now it's impossible, right? Yeah, it's like it, it wasn't ever actually delivered to Luthor. It was just broadcast for Luthor to hear. And seven other cities, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just I think that's just I mean it. it the paranoia is again awesome. And then he's just like, you're going to keep me here forever, and maybe. And, and I mean, what do you do in Superman's position here? Right? Like you don't want to kill people. Yeah. And it's like, so I, mean, but this guy knows about Clark Kent and you can't like exactly just, you know, he says, and I like this too. Uh, Floyd says, you know, I promise I won't say anything about the other guy. Cause he, Superman made it clear. He doesn't like it when he says Clark Kent. Um, and so um, I like what's cool. Like the, I, I like what I like about how we're seeing Clark crack is Clark is acting better than most people would but we're still freaked out about like oh he's like falling apart and it's gonna like it's gonna get bad but like but you know he's all like so we're like it seems all sinister and foreboding about like the way he's acting but the way he's acting is better than most people would so it's like we're, we're judging him on a different scale i think it's because what happens when superman has a bad day versus what happens when you and i have a bad day is you know two very different scales of problem you know, yeah, like, I like how we sort of see, uh, both. like we, we get to see like how, you know, how would we judge this against just a regular person? And then like, sort of what are we expecting from Superman? And neither of them seem like off base, but it kind of like, then shows us like, like what the difference in that, in, in what we judge is okay. And, and the only reason of why is just like the, the magnitude of the consequences. Yeah. I mean, you and I have a, have the, you know, we snap and we do a mat, you know, a shooting spree that kills 40 people. Uh, Superman snaps. He does a a murder spree that kills three billion people. He can kill, yeah, he can blow up the whole city. Yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like if Superman just felt like it, he could just fly through the planet and break it, right? Like yeah. that's like, the weird, that, like kind of like the crap thing about DC Comics. So, so yeah, like Superman can do anything that you can imagine. Like there's no limit. He's basically omnipotent unless you involve Kryptonite. Like there's no upper limit. So yeah, he could like he could throw the Earth into the sun if he felt like it. Yeah, I mean. I, you know, he could solve global warming by pushing us out another, you know, couple miles or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, wouldn't exactly like solve the problem. He, he could like like blow all the CO two out of something, something. I don't know. 
Yeah. Magic. I think when I said like in one of the in one of the Christopher Reeve Superman, he like travels backwards in time just by spinning around the Earth fast enough. He he rotates the Earth backwards. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I hadn't seen the movie, but I've seen the clip, and I'm familiar with it because as Neil deGrasse Tyson needs to do, he points out that that would just kill everybody. Um, And of course, like you know, rotating the Earth backwards doesn't reverse time, but it does if you're a comic. So anyway, it's like unstirring your coffee if you want to get the cream out of it. Exactly. Um, And then Superman asks. Like, oh, I guess I, I was still curious about your answer. Like, so you're Superman standing here. You've got Floyd and like, you already didn't kill him. So you've cooled down. Like, what do you do? I, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, if it were me, I guess I'm thinking like, you know, like we wouldn't have gotten there. Like I was either going to kill him or not kill him. So I get, I don't know. I guess if I hadn't killed him, then I'm probably going to still not kill him. But I wouldn't, I guess, yeah, what would be different because because Clark's just sort of sitting there torturing himself. Like he's, he's keeping Floyd around in this hole so he can like keep staring at him and decide whether or not he wants to kill him. So I guess like that, that would have been the different thing for me. Like I either would have killed him or I would have like, just dealt, like, I would just be done. I would like want to walk away from the thing. So it, if I wasn't going to kill him, then I would have handed him over to the cops to go to prison or something, but I would just be done. I wouldn't like leave him around in a hole in Alaska so I could torture myself about what I want to do. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I guess I'd be worried that he would spill the beans about Clark Kent, but then you know, there's no one tying him to Clark Kent anymore, right? I mean, yeah, and I think like as far as me, like I definitely like I'd have killed like the, the scene up in the cloud. Like he'd be dead then. I would, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have made it to the hole. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same here. So it's hard for me to imagine. Say I did get him to the hole. Um, then what do I do? It's like. Yeah. I, 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 I was like, okay, if you weren't going to kill him before, then why are you going to kill him now? And yeah, so it's just like, it's just kind of this weird, like a monk whipping himself on the back. Like Clark's just flagellating himself to torture himself for the sake of doing torture himself. Yeah. In fact, I think that's part of it too. He, that's a good point. He comes here and he says, do you know why I came here? And Floyd shakes his head and he says, I want to kill you. I want it with every fiber of my being. I came here because I thought it was important to test myself, to prove to myself that I was, that I wouldn't ever do it because I let my emotions overwhelm me. If I I there's, like some, there's like something weirdly Catholic about it. Like he's torturing himself to like test his purity or something. It's very weird. Yeah. I it's, and it's like the, the level of thought that goes into it too. He's like, if I slipped up here, no one would have to know you'd be a red smear across a, the wall in an anonymous hole in the middle of the Alaskan wilderness. And like, ah, man, which would be super threatening from, from Floyd's point of view. He's like, Oh, I'm here as like a, to make it okay if you decide to end me like so like it sort of like takes away any confidence he might have had in like the goodness of superman it's like no the reason you're down in here in this hole is so that he can get away with it if he feels like it then you'd be like oh fuck like this is not good like there would be zero consequences to in to him ending me right now yeah it's it's a uh, it's a scary spot right yeah <laughs> i mean if superman had, had uh, whatever killed you on the road, you know, people would be like, they'd rationalize the way they wouldn't think it was Superman. But in this one, it's like, oh yeah, he's, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. I'm his, uh, I'm like, you know, the pack of cigarettes that the, the, the ex-smoker keeps in their, in their, their jacket pocket for 20 years. Like I'm just his temptation that he can keep himself in check. Like <laughs> this is fucking insane. Well, yeah. And also like, cause and Cal- or not Cal- uh, Floyd has said that, that his, like he's got this sort of almost comfort or just reassurance he can take in the, like in just sort of the goodness of Superman that he wouldn't do anything wrong. And then when he hears that, it's like, Oh, this, like I've been relying on the fact that he's a good guy and won't kill me. And I, apparently that's not on the table anymore. So yeah, I'd be like, Oh, if I, like it'd be a sudden, like, you know, sinking feeling in your stomach of, Oh shit. Like things are way worse than I thought they were. 
And I'm sure I'm sure Floyd either left him in the truck or Superman took his, you know, hit the pistols he loves so much. But if I was Floyd, I just fucking blow my brains out. I'm not going to sit down here and wait for Superman to, you know, do whatever he's going to do. In yeah. a hole at the bottom, the uh, 300 feet underneath the tundra in Alaska, shitting in a bucket. Right. I I'll take in, that back. If I was Floyd, I, I would try and crawl out first, and then when I fell, and you know, or or if I made it out and it got caught again, then I'd blow my brains out. But the other like weird passing thought I had about it was like dig, digging a 300 foot hole in Alaska was like another way that you can like leave a dude in the middle of Alaska without any shelter. Like it's, it's not 20 below zero when you're 300 feet. Underground. Yeah. It's just, it's always a constant cool 60 degrees. Hey, you know, there, that's one perk. Um, anyway, uh, then we cut back to Metropolis and Lois, how, where does she leave this note? Um, I think she puts it, it like on her desk at oh, work yeah. or something. Uh, oh yeah. Cause it's like, yeah, I guess I, Cause yeah, I just jump back to like, Oh, Clark's leaves her notes on the desk, but yeah, she doesn't know that's Clark. So yeah, she just left it somewhere for God to see. Yeah. But I'm, I, I'm skimming through it cause I don't remember where she left it. Um, and then uh, I'm not seeing it. Okay. Whatever. She leaves yeah, the note somewhere and Superman, I'm sure it's in there. I just didn't find it fast enough. Anyway, she invites him over for dinner at 13th and 33rd and which is not 30, Hell's Kitchen. 33rd Avenue. Yeah. So that'd be well off into, uh, Yeah into the water Maybe that's in that's a, like new jersey at that point <laughs> so uh um she's like anyway yeah i'll be there eating at seven but please if you join me lois and i i like this too you know she makes an effort to clean and there was there was a line here that really identified with me when uh she's talking about how she's not a good cook and yeah, it's like yeah lois is not good at being a 1930s girl right and <laughs> that's the thing. she 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 had told men or she liked that she let them think that it was because she was you know a modern independent woman when really she just has a deficit and i'm like you know girl me too <laughs> I, <laughs> I i i i couldn't and you know neither me nor my wife really cook very well although i'm, I'm learning I recipes now and spaghetti made my own bolognese made my own pasta brian is the uh like the cooking nerd well i mean nerd makes it sound almost bad it's awesome um I need, I need to get better at it. I got some I'm working downstairs waiting to go in the oven after this. Jealous. There you go. Yeah. Little by little, I'm, I'm, I'm improving my cooking skills, but, um, anyway, I, I was just like, oh yeah, Lois, I, I feel you. I also can't cook. And I, I would like to pretend that it's because, you know, oh, I, that's, that's for, that's not for people like me. I'm, I'm a modern person or whatever. Uh, it's just like, no, I just, I suck at it. I eat a lot of cereal. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, then there's this kind of just funny thing where, um, you know, he shows up and like, he's like, yeah, no, I eat food. Cause like, that's a reasonable question to ask this, mm-hmm. you know, God, man. And then there's the like, line where dinner, he just, like in his stupid ass costume, like you look like an idiot. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, so, you know, his cape has got to be tucked off onto one side of the chair. Otherwise he'd be sitting on it. And so like, then at some point you're just digging into his spaghetti with his, with his Superman costume on and it looks ridiculous. <laughs> and it, and he even points does, out does like Superman twirl the spaghetti on a spoon. How does Superman eat his spaghetti? Does he slurp? I picture him just like like just because it's the most comical, I picture him leaning over his plate and just shoveling it into his mouth with a with a fork. <laughs> <I think so. laughs> but he like he he tucks his napkin into his like soup into his uh, the collar of his super suit. <laughs> Got a big old white napkin dangling off like a tie. Right. Anyway, so it's uh like he explains that he, you know, he needs to eat, but he. he <laughs> Except like he's Superman from he's Superman from Kansas, so really like Italian food's like too exotic for him. He he just wishes it was like mac and cheese. <laughs> and some have, taters. You have, 
You can't, you can't make ca- you can't make casserole. All right, yeah, that's fine. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, it's, the and some some mac and cheese. Yeah, I just I just, just like mom used to make. Oh yeah, the line that makes me just imagine him sh- like leaning <laughs> leaning over the some table. Of, and Superman would be all about cream and mushroom soup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. We got to get back in in tone here. So he's, um, there. You know, she's she's asking him questions which are normal, but he's like, "Hey, this isn't an interview." And, no, no, just just a date. And she's trying to keep it chill. And um, I also like this little tidbit too, because and and she doesn't quite put this together, you know, because maybe news doesn't travel, you know, from Mongolia to Metropolis in a year. Maybe it <laughs> takes longer. But it, this implies to us, we know, but you know, maybe it implies to her that he takes the costume off which maybe is kind of the first clue that she needs to put it together that he's not like, he's not just this symbol, right? He's not just this costume, but I like how he says, no, I've, uh, you know, had stew with Mongolian nomads and African tribesmen. And like, I, I so I picture him just like, I don't know if you take the suit off, you know, before or after he gets there. Right. But he flies to Mongolia hides. And then he just walks out like, Hey, can I have some soup with you or whatever? Like, Oh yeah. I guess I was thinking like, like, I guess I read it as, like he was being Superman, like the, you know, Mongolian herdsman he's having a stew with knew that they were having stew with Superman. It could totally be that too. Like some random guy. That's a good point. Why would they, you know, I mean, why would some random guy just show up with glasses and be like, can I have some of your food? No, but if he showed up and he stopped a whatever volcano from killing everybody by, by yelling at it or, or punching it or something, <laughs> yeah. then that's, uh, a, that's an, that's a job for ice breath. Right. Um, I just don't want to acknowledge that if, if he has ice breath in the story, I don't want to acknowledge it. Cause that, that's just the stupidest power. <laughs> I, know, right? I mean, I'll take, I'll take little Superman. I'll take laser <laughs> eyes. I'll take time travel, but like why on earth should he be able to blow ice? I, if he wanted to blow enough to make a hurricane, fine. I can live with that. But why is it cold? Like, oh, come on. Exactly. Anyway. So yeah, maybe he shows up, solves the problem. Can he like, like start a fire? If he does like the Mr. Miyagi rubbing his palms together thing, can he like start fires that way? I mean, he's when got he's got ice breath, does he got like fire hands? When he snapped his fingers and made that, he does the thunderbolt. That's right. Yeah, the 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 thunder uh, noise. I mean, I imagine he snaps him hard enough, he can set off a like uh, a nuclear reaction, right? I don't know if he's if that's past his upper limits of strength, but I certainly I don't think a fire is outside the question. Um, anyway, so she's we get just kind of like his little his spiel his spiel of what he does as Superman is clearly not the whole story, but. He's like, no, I wake up at five. I circle the planet, make sure nothing, you know, is major going on. And then I patrol my lap. It's like his morning jog. Is right. To, you know, do a lap around the globe. <laughs> right. But I just like uh, the, um, like, that, that's his that's his Superman story of what my day looks like, right? Mm-hmm. I get up, I, I take a lap around the planet, and then I just patrol the city. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting insight to, like, imagine. This is, like, the weird fuzzy line between Clark and Superman. So like Superman is the, again, the guy on the pictures, the guy in the statues. And now she's asking him like, what do you do? He's like, Oh, I sleep a couple hours a night. And then here's my routine. Yeah. It was, it was like a really good like way to like, let us like sit with the idea of how impossible it is for just a regular person to be Superman. Right. Like it's more than any person would be able to cope with. Yeah. And then he gets bummed out. Cause she's like, Oh, the city is better through patrolling. And he's like, uh, I guess. And, She's like, how's the spaghetti? And he's like, oh, it's good. Yeah, thanks for making I know, it. Right? I guess, like, um, my version was like, he was sort of like just trying to be nice. He's like, it's spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to be nice. He's like, oh, it didn't good. even occur I, to me. I, I, yeah. yeah, he's such a practiced liar. It probably sucks. And he's just being nice. I know, right? 
Um, I think she could have put any swill in front of him and he would have been like, mm, thank you. Cause I out with the chick I'm obsessed about. So then yeah, he would it's be, great. it's great. She, she would like look away to like pick up a napkin and he would just like, you know, teleport to the other side of the city <laughs> throw it in the ocean, and then jump back to the seat. <laughs> That's that's like the Superman version of feed it to the dog and at the table. Right. Or like that thing in movies <laughs> where they go to take a drink and they just throw it over their shoulder when they're not looking. Um, I, want, I, th- I thought you'd like this too, when he describes why he doesn't go to restaurants. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was, yeah. It was kind of another description of just like, it's impossible to be Superman. Like, and, but yeah, it was good too. Cause it's sort of like, it kind of shows his very like accurate awareness of all of the shit he has to deal with that like, yeah. Cause his reason for not going is like, Hey, everybody would be like, Oh my God. Like, why are you eating spaghetti in a restaurant right now when people are dying? And then also like, Oh, there'd be, you know, constant fanboys trying to get pictures with him. And Oh, if, like he goes into like all the weird shit and they're like, Oh, but then which restaurant do I eat at? Then that matters. And like, what happens if the owner of that restaurant turns out to be an asshole? And it's like, he's just like, he's going on and on about like all of the complications that would be involved. And it's like, he brings up any one of them. You're like, yeah, that's true. Oh yeah. And that one's true too. Oh yeah. And that one's true too. So it's yeah. sort of like, like he's got this very not naive understanding of what it means to be Superman. Yeah. He talked earlier about like the unforeseen consequences of like, what if I did this? And he had like this long lane of long line of reasoning of like, you know what? That's kind of, that makes a lot of sense. I, you know, from, yeah. from our armchairs, we were arguing that you should do more, but yeah, I guess, you know, it makes sense that you, you know, you, you've thought this through and here he's clearly thought it through to the point of like, no, no, I mean, I'd have to spend my time dividing my meals across all the restaurants because if I just went to one, then they could say Superman sat in this chair and drive business, you know, like, so I'd have to go, I'd have to go to all of them. And then like, just the the level of uh, attentive thought he's put into it is is yeah. Uh, well, yeah, just yeah. And then the, the flip out. side though is like he can go to any of those restaurants he wants. He just has to be Clark and pay for it. Of course, <laughs> like like any other person. So. Right. Yeah. So he probably has indeed enjoyed some nice meals around the city. Um, I like her her middle of the road idea though, and you know it's it's a drag because it's kind of manipulation, but like her like you know what what if i order food and we eat on top of the daily planet building and he's like ah, yeah i think that'd like that and then this you know he he moves his hand across the table to cup hers and it's only because she'd been expecting it that she was able to smile back at him it's i know it's like oh it's just the whole thing is so creepy because i guess i don't know it's just sort of like i feel bad for clark like especially because he is sort of like this obsessed weirdo like it's like his creepy fascination with her but like she knows that and that she's kind of consciously trying to manipulate it just uh, it's, it's, it feels creepy. Yeah, she doesn't know the Clark bit yet, but like just the idea that I mean, I I just picture you know Superman. She knows Superman's obsessed with her, like or she like she's pretty sure and she's right about that, and she's exploiting it on purpose. Totally. And um, for me, the other thing is just like you know Superman puts his hand over your hand, and you like go to adjust you know your hand on the table. It's like oh wait, you can't because this immovable object <laughs> with the strength of a mountain is holding your hand there. Like or if, it you, just, if you are able to move your hand, it's only because he gave you permission. Yeah, and so like I get why she's wigged out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That part, yeah, that part totally makes sense. It's just yeah, it's just like the the extent to which like what she has set out to do is working is just it's creepy because it's like oh this is like so manipulative and insincere yeah 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 especially because like like up to like we see lex as this you know he's clearly just some kind of like weird like lex is miswired but like lois up to this point like we like we like her and we sort of admire the like the good qualities about her we're like oh yeah that's cool like like oh lois is this cool character but this part was like oh i don't i wish you weren't doing this because i don't like that you're doing it 
Something I was thinking about earlier today and thinking about this though, is like the good, like what sort of speaks well about the writing to this is like this, it would be an opportunity for you to be like, oh, I don't like that the author is doing this with the character. And that's not at all my reaction. It's more like, oh, Lois, stop doing that. I don't like it when you do that. Um, so it's like a good sort of, sort of like investment in the characters and the stories. Like, oh, Lois, don't be this thing. Um, so it's like your brain is latched on is like, okay, that's a real person doing a thing you don't like. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. All right. I, I want to move through. Um, this is like the one time we're recording with a, with a time schedule, but we should still not be rushed here towards the end. So we get, get a patter. We get, Let's a, get at her. Love it. <laughs> uh, we, we get a quick interlude with Willie. Who's just doing his nightly prayers to Superman where he confesses to all of his crimes and all the ones he didn't actually commit just to fuck with them. And, um, yeah, this is where we kind of get more of like explicitly seeing that like he's doing it consciously to fuck with him. It's not just a, oh, I want to confess the things I'm saying. Like he's doing it for effect. There had to be something, some set of words that would get that would get the aliens calm stoicism to crack. That's all he's trying to do here is he's just trying to like, you know, he wants everyone to see him as a monster. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's just trying to go out with a bang. Yeah. Speaking of going out with a bang, I wanted to mention this. If he lost the case, he has a revolver ready to shove into his mouth, which is like. Oh yeah, I forgot. It's the '30s. You can bring a Tommy gun into the courtroom and <laughs> raise their eyebrows. So, like he's sitting there. And if anyone asks, tells it was the Suggins boys. I mean, I I think that he's sitting there in court and he could just shoot the judge, right? But no, he, he's he's. Uh, I guess they don't pat people down. I mean, there's no metal detector. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, then we get an, another quick little jump to someone knock. So it's one of the jurors, and Superman is just knocking on his window. And he says, hey, I know you got bribed to put Calhoun away. And uh, Was it bribe, bribed to put him away or bribed to let him off? I guess I was thinking he was bribed to let him off. No, it was bribed to, it was bribed to, um, to put him away. So someone, a woman walked beside him and told him to deliver a guilty verdict and then handed him money before he could even say anything. And uh, he's like, look, I don't care. You, you, know, you need the money. I can live with that. But when you go into deliberation, don't let it sway you. Think about what you heard in court and make up your own mind. Decide the case on its merits. And he's like, you're helping Calhoun? You hate him. And he's like, I do. But when he's convicted, it needs to be by the books. Like, this is kind of like, I get the feeling this is like his last uh, strong. Yeah, he's like humanity, going, right? Yeah, he's going through the motions of, not even so much humanity. It's just like, this is his, like, he's still trying to latch on to the thing that he knows is quote, right. Like his concept of like what the right thing to do is like, he's still trying to do it, but it's like falling apart. Yeah. Well, and it does fall apart when the, you know, they, they don't deliver the guilty verdicts, but like, I think his, his thing here is like, it really shouldn't matter. Like, look, the bad guy got in trouble. Like the right thing happened, right. That, that should be the outcome, but he's like, no, it has to be done right. And because of that, I'm going to go as I'm going to go so far out of my way to tell the jurors to not pay attention to their bribes and just yeah. go with the evidence. And it's like to not be bribed into doing the thing that he would like them to do anyway. And doing the right thing. You know, yeah. he's like, no, nope, it has to be it has to be by your guys's understanding and by the rules. We, you know, I'm, I'm trying to color inside the lines as much as possible here. Um, I also just like the Clarence. I was never here. And it's like, OK, uh, <laughs> like Clarence is just standing there. I just imagine him just like kind of swaying and sweating. And he's just like, fuck, I should have ducked jury duty. This is stressful. Uh, <laughs> and then we cut to the deliberations uh, where they're kind of just back and forth. Like, uh, you know, sure. He's yeah, and he does try. To, he does try to be honest about it, but it doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. They The whole thing is like, okay, look, we know he's guilty of stuff because he's a crime boss. Everyone knows that, but he's here for this crime. Is it reasonable that a, that a person could doubt that he's guilty? 
and they're like, fuck, I mean, you know, it, I, I think, I think it is, you know, like it, it's possible that it, it seems like it's a reasonable person could conclude that he didn't do it. And so they're it like, none of them, I feel like want to, but they're like, I, you know, it not guilty. And, uh, I like this too. So he descended from the heavens like a golden god. There were no strings or wires to hold him aloft, no jets or boosters. And he just like floats down into the crowd of reporters and stuff. And he's just like, not guilty. And then they, then the doors bust open announcing the news and fucking Cal- yeah, that's funny. Like now looking at, yeah. So Cal, and it's but like, it's this totally like film noir kind of cliche of like walking out on the, you could see like the big marble steps in front of the courthouse scene. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Like, because then as Calhoun's walking out um, and he like walks in front of Superman, like he does intentionally aggravate him. Like he's gloating that, that he got off. And now it's interesting as I'm thinking about it, like, like that's still part of his like death wish. Like he's doing that to try to get Superman to kill him, uh, which is strange. Yeah. At this but, yeah, point, he knows what he's doing when he does that. Like that. Yeah. That's not on accident. It's not like he misjudged that like, Oh, you know, you pushed it too far and then Superman killed you. Like he was trying to do that. Yeah, I'm I'm now that he's free, I'm wondering if maybe this was a miscalculation and he just wanted to, you know, just kick Superman in the balls. And then he he miscalculated the outcome of that cuz I, I I got the impression like when he when he when his life was over and he's going to prison, he's like, "All right, you know, fuck it. Let's try and see if I can go Superman into killing me." Oh, okay. So but now, that, like, now that he's like, out, he's like he's like death by cop except death by su- death by superhero. Because he thought he was going to go away forever. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so. I think I think that was the plan before, but now that he's out, <clears throat> now he just can't resist. They and they even yeah. use the word "the shit-eating grin" never left his face, and like <laughs> now he's just here rubbing his face in it. And he, I, I love this too. He's like, "I bet it just eats you up to know that you got it wrong once again." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, and I like the description of like when once like Superman snaps and, and kills him. Like it was just a great description. It's just like because of how much it's been described at this point he just like shoves his fist like into the guy's skull and like it's just you know a blood-covered fist when it's done just like the the act of like destroying the dude's skull is a completely trivial move for superman i mean it was probably just as easy as him just extending his arm right like i i imagine that superman encountered no noticeable resistance the same way that you know a train doesn't notice when it hits a fly like so i mean he just and boom dead yeah, and I like to like he does it in front of everybody. Like there's there's just no even like attempt to like justify it or or make it seem less bad or to hide it at all. He just like cr- you know explodes the guy's skull on the courthouse steps in front of a gajillion witnesses. Yeah, fuck it. And that that's the wild part too, right? Like, uh, I mean, it's not wild. It just shows that 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 he truly did kind of snap in this moment because you know if if all he did if all he wanted to do was give Willie his, his justice, he could have given Floyd a cellmate, right? Like let them, let them, you know, whatever, share their six foot cell. But like, he, he didn't disappear him. He went ahead and just murdered him in front of everybody. And it makes me think of that line that Clark was telling Lois earlier, where it's like, they didn't think it was suicidal to challenge Superman's will. And like, you know, I mean, you know, Superman yeah, has- now the whole world's going to like step back and be like, Oh fuck. Like Superman will just off a guy in front of everybody. Right. And like the rules just changed. Exactly. And it's not like, it's not like Superman, you know, killed the crowd. Right. Um, 15 seconds skip. If you're, if you haven't seen season two of the boys, uh, actually I'll save it. Cause I know some people haven't, and I don't want to spoil it for them, but there's a scene. Uh, ah, forget it. I, I can't even, I'll just talk to about it off the air, but, um, he didn't do that. Right. <laughs> um, okay. Yes. I know the scene you're talking about. Yeah. 
And uh, so, like, he all he did was kill the bad guy, which you know, mm-hmm. when you say all the bad guy that everybody was totally happy to have killed. Right. You know, it's not so many people will miss. And, you know, I say all he did was kill the bad guy. But for Superman, that's a huge jump, right? And apparently, Alexander catches some flack for this. They're like, Superman doesn't kill people. That's his whole thing. And I. Well, that's what this story is about. Right. <laughs> it's like, and, yeah, because, and how hard would that be for a person to pull off? Right. And if you're Superman scholar, he kills people here, 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 here. Right. Like, Superman doesn't kill people the same way Batman doesn't kill people, which is to say, he almost never does it, right? Yeah. Um, depending on which Batman you're dealing with, it's literally never, or it's basically never. But, like, it's, the point is, it's like, I, I, I guess well, that's like that's what this story is is that how impossible it is to stay a wonder bread yeah when the whole world thinks you're God totally um he even he even kills somebody in man of Steel like it's it's not like you know the idea of Superman killing people is so out there but like you're right it, it it even if it was like that's part of the point it's like yeah. you can't be calm level-headed Superman all the time like when the world is actually like this it's like you know what happens? And, you know, I, I'm noticing that you guys are doing this badly. Let me go ahead and just do the right thing for you because you guys won't fucking do it yourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then it says that uh, he I'm trying to see if uh, he lowered his fist and then rose up into the sky. I imagine him just like floating out of there, like not doing the whoosh, but he's just like, I, I don't know. Oh, it's yeah, it's the fact that it was slow. Right. Yeah. Like that. That's easy. I guess. Yeah. I, I more pictured as being sort of like conspicuously undramatic like oh he just like bashed this guy's skull in and then and then left yeah um, yeah it's and by dramatic i guess i just mean cinema cinemagraphic or cinema yeah. cin- that's a word right yeah i like it cin- cinema cinema oh now you got me overthinking it's cinema movies it, cinema- seemed, it seemed more movie for movies movies slow yeah, but yeah, he didn't leave with like a flourish. And, you know, he didn't say up, up and away. Right. He just like off the guy and then left. And then he's gone. And then we cut to Lex, who's in the middle of his nuclear lab poking at the spaceship. And uh, then he's got this this long, uh, like this this tube of lead. And he's like, oh, they were shielding Superman baby from this. Maybe oh. Superman baby. And no, Geiger counter. Huh? And you could tell it was like it was in the important. It was, it was where the rear-mounted engine was. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> you could tell from where it was like, ah, this is probably the power source. Yeah, exactly. Enough things are plugging into this that looks like a power source, and it's got this you know awesomely lethal-looking green glow. But it didn't kill this rat, and there's no Geiger counter. Might as well. And um, so he, he, yeah, he's looking at it, and I like how it, this ends because it would need a name, of course. Krypton <clears> had a nice ring to it. Yeah, like it. yeah. There's, uh, there's been a there's there's good. Uh, chapter transitions in this yeah. story. We get, we get good cliffhangers. And with, with the audiobook, I think that Enosh did some artistic jobs like where he cut some stuff up. Um, but then it worked out to where I think each episode is supposed to be about 25 minutes. And so um, it's like uh, anyway, it, what happened is uh, you accidentally read ahead for a very understandable reason, which is that you let the episode finish playing. <laughs> so um, <laughs> exactly. for everyone who didn't do that, who hasn't read chapter 11 yet. We're reading chapter 11 and chapter 12 next week. And then after that, we've got the finale chapter. So uh, yeah, chapter, uh, a man, we're we're coming up on it. And these are, again, are two short ones, but we found enough to talk about with these two short ones. So yeah, looking forward to it. All right. Well, 
We've got a thing they say at the end of every episode. What's that? You always Goodbye, say bye. Everybody. Yeah. Bye, everybody. There it is. <laughs> All right.